0: Well, good morning for those of you that uh, we haven't met. this morning named Mark and Dina, and we've been part of this church for about 12 or 13 years. And uh, we're just in the midst of a series going into getting to know the Holy Spirit. And Mike asked us to tell our story and our journey that spans maybe two decades uh, in kind of getting to know the Holy Spirit. And um, our journey is not special. Uh, Every one of us are on a journey with God. So we don't feel like we're anything special, but just felt like it was helpful today. We wanted our heart this morning in telling our story is to point the attention away from us and on to Jesus. Um, We had people that we trusted in our journey that were ahead of us that really helped us. And our heart is, for those of you that know us, that we would be helpful today. So we're just looking forward to doing that. And uh, I just thought it would be good to kind of start in some of our youth and teen years what we kind of remember about the Holy Spirit, and we'll go from there.
1: Hi. You guys are terrifying. I just want you to know. (laughs) I was raised a good Baptist girl. Uh, My journey uh, with the Holy Spirit began even before I knew it. Um, I was raised in a Christian home and accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was seven years old. The conservative evangelical church that I was brought up in would talk about the Holy Spirit as part of the Trinity, but never acknowledge the Holy Spirit's gifting and power, and the things, things like healing just didn't happen. They only happened in Bible times. There was no teaching on the enemy. I had severe night terrors as a child and as a teenager, and I um, had a lot of unusual fears. I was very sensitive to people's feelings of sadness and hurt. Um, and um, when I was a teenager, uh, late teens, um, I um, was wondering what I was supposed to do, um, and I actually heard God's voice um, tell me to go to camp, where I ended up actually meeting Mark. <laughs> um, all of these things I recognize now were a sensitivity to the spiritual realm. I was never negative or never ever hostile to the Holy Spirit. Working power. I just didn't have very much exposure or understanding of how he worked.
0: Unlike Dina, I didn't grow up in a Christian family, but uh, came to know the Lord in my junior high years and got connected into good Bible-believing, uh, Bible-teaching churches. And I'm really grateful for the heritage that I have. I, as a young man, I learned to love the Word of God because of the church that I was involved in. And, But the Trinity was about the only context that we would talk about the Holy Spirit. I understood the Holy Spirit was part of the Godhead, the third member of the Trinity. But I think the Holy Spirit was very much kind of an it for me in those early years. It was sort of like this nebulous force. And um, like Dina, the devil in our church wasn't taken too seriously, at least not for good Christians anyway. Um, We were taught that kind of Christians were sort of bubble wrapped from harm and tribulation. So there's no real need to speak of the power of the Holy Spirit if you don't see spiritual warfare as sort of the reality for normal Christians. So in my early years, you know, there just wasn't much wasn't much talk of the Holy Spirit. But um I felt the call of God in my life to be a pastor, which was a big surprise, and we didn't really know what to do. We were first married, so everybody said, "Well, if you're going to be a pastor, you should just go to seminary." So we did that. And uh we were involved in a big downtown church, 100-year-old church. Think stained glass, pews, rapture shoot the whole thing. And we'll talk a little bit about what God did in that period.
1: During those years, I was the dutiful youth pastor's wife. I was expected to look the right way and say the right things. Conforming to the religious mold by looking perfect on the outside, even when inside I was very messed up and hurting and struggling with depression, a lot of, a lot of what we were doing was for God, but we weren't doing things with God at that time.
0: Um, I went to a very conservative seminary. It actually had the name "conservative" in the name of the seminary, so we were very much taught a, a dispensational or a cessationist point of view, meaning that the Holy Spirit did wild and crazy things back in the day, but not so much today and so I was taught that and believed that you know I you've heard me say that you know my seminary we weren't even allowed to have tongues in our shoes so you can imagine that it was a very conservative upgrading and and I after four years of that I came out sort of with all the answers but none of the questions Um, and we were involved in youth ministry during these years and it was very much a program based I call it dancing elephants ministry you know big buses and big trips and big wow and big smoke machines and and there was a big buzz in the youth ministry but it was all a lot of sort of as I look back sort of human activity Uh, it was a lot of fun Um, but one of the things that was really neat about that time was a man named Terry Hollister who was my mentor actually he was my youth pastor for a little bit when I was younger he sort of taught us ministry, and I ended up taking his role in that church as a youth pastor. He and his wife went to Montana and planted a church, a very conservative church, but quickly God broke in and began to do some amazing things, and the Holy Spirit started to do some stuff that was very off-limits in our kind of fellowship of churches, and um, up to that point, I had not really known anyone who was walking with the Holy Spirit in that way, so it was very easy for me to discount wild and crazy kind of claims because I didn't know anybody. And yet now I was in a crisis because here's someone who I trusted, who had, who had taught me, ministered, mentored me in ministry. And these things were breaking out in his churches, these wild things. So I was in, having a difficult time kind of putting those things together. And I remember talking to him one time and there's a scripture at the end of 1 Corinthians 14. Um, don't forget, I went to a seminary that taught the Word of God is our standard for what we believe. And at the end it says, So my brothers earnestly desire to prophecy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. I was taught to do that. We planted a church based on that. And it always bothered me that I was a person who said, I believe in the Word of God. But when those kind of things came up, I, I would wish I had a Sharpie. I wish I could cross some of those things out on the Word of God. So that was the beginning for me of a, of a dissonance because here's a person that I love and trusted and God was beginning to do some amazing things in his in his life and his ministry. Um, from there, we ended up planting a church in Seattle called Solid Rock Church. I we we'll tell you a little bit more about that.
1: So, well, when Mark was saying this, I'm thinking that, Also with that, with you and Terry and Debbie, I started to have some things happen, and then that was even tougher. Um, I started to know when things were going to happen before they even did. Um, One day I had a strong feeling in my stomach and I knew something was wrong, Um, and that evening Mark came home and told me that he'd lost his job. Um, uh, So that was scary. Um, I had a lot of doubt about the way we were killing ourselves um, in ministry and being kind of out of balance in ministry. Um, Mark was trying to save the world, um, and and I wasn't doing so good. Um, but one night I woke up with a vision of Jesus standing by my bed, and he said, feed my sheep. And I didn't even know what to do with that, um, but I knew that in John twenty seven seventeen, 17, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him. And I realized later and um, now that Jesus was asking me to love him and stop just doing things for him. I could sense evil in places and in people. Um, We moved a lot. And one of the places we lived in was an acreage. um, And when I met the man next door, I knew something was up. Um, Inside our house, there was a hallway and a room that seemed very scary to me. Um, I would feel very uneasy. Um, it was inside the house was, that was next door to this man. Um, then we discovered that he would go out at, on full moon nights and run around in the yard and scream and swear. And obviously was something was really up with him. We prayed, and I remember seeing and being in a bright light and feeling very safe in it. And I understand understood later that that was Jesus' presence with me. And I try to remember that when I am struggling and when I am um, fearful or praying for people. I just see that light. My depression was really severe, and I was getting some counseling, and I was also getting help for codependency at a freedom session, which is kind of like a recovery program. Um, I, rem- I was seeing the healing happening for people, but it wasn't the full healing. I never heard anyone ask for healing and or anybody saying, be healed in Jesus' name. I knew something was missing, but not understanding that something was the Holy Spirit's power in healing. I feel like all we were doing was managing people's sins. We would pray for them, but nothing much ever happened during that time i gave more attention and focus to the enemy because of the newness of it and thinking that i was ex- what what i was experiencing was from the enemy because of under- before understanding his limits and jesus power and um that's not that's now that we that we know that that's not how it is
0: during those years in church planning everything was done in my own strength um, and, and yet now, looking back, I realized we were getting outgunned by the devil in every area. Um, for us, everything had to be cutting edge. We really had a over dependence on church growth theory that at that time, there was all kinds of writing on how to grow church and I was a young man in a in an older denomination i 'll show all you old farts how to do it we 're going to have this hip cutting wouldn 't be hip at that time this cool cutting edge church you know. Um, but I remember at one point we had some people come to the church that owned uh, some really seedy hotels in a very tough part of Seattle, and there was a lot of bad stuff happening in the rooms, and they said, could you come pray for us? And I remember going there and just feeling, praying my little Christiany prayer for this hotel and really realizing I don't even have a clue in terms of power of what, what's going on here. So there was this sense of longing for more in God. Um, during those years, every time I would preach, I would have incredible back pain. I uh, never had back pain in my life, but as church time would approach, I could barely stand up, and that went on for a couple of years, and we just didn't realize it would lift as soon as service was over, you know, and we thought, oh, that's kind of that's kind of weird, but we just never understood that attack that was coming at that time, um, and apart from the Holy Spirit, because we were doing so much in our physical efforts, it really led to a burnout and a dis- disillusionment, and uh, when you're doing ministry and you're trying to do things for God without God it doesn't last very long because it's very draining uh, and we end up being in a pretty broken place so eventually, we ended up in uh, Alberta in a little country church uh, 45 50 people think pews with the steeple uh, I was the only guy that wasn't a dairyman or a farmer in the church uh, so you know it's kind of green acres now <laughs>
1: Usually Mark is the adventurous one. Usually he's the one who gets me going to places and doing stuff. But I was the one in this situation that just really wanted to go out and seek whatever this was that we were missing and to do whatever it took to find it. I never felt like I fit into the short list of spiritual gifts um, that were accepted by service of church. There's another longer list um, that we know now is, is great, but at that time, it was kind of off-limits, and um, it didn't apply to the current day, only during Jesus' time. Um, and so it was beginning to look like the gifts I was experiencing were kind of on that off-limits list. The weird feeling, the gnawing in my stomach like I had when I started to be able to know things ahead of time was getting much stronger and more specific than before. And something bad would happen or someone would pass away. And it started to scare me. I know now to start praying when that feeling comes, um, but I didn't know that then. Um, I started to have even more visions. I could sense and see evil more clearly. Um, I didn't understand what was happening to me. And I was feeling so out of place and scared. If this was what it meant to have these gifts from Jesus, I wasn't really sure I wanted them. They were just really, it was really overwhelming to not understand them and have them. Um, thankfully there were our friends in Montana that Mark talked about earlier that had experienced some of these same things and were able to walk me through understanding that I wasn't going nuts and that God was working in my life. We went down for a visit, and it happened to be a vineyard retreat in Montana, and that is where I knew, uh, that's where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. They asked if anybody wanted to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and I knew that that is what I had been wanting and missing in my life. They prayed for me, and I felt a warm peace wash over my body. Afterwards, I could see amazing color and clarity. It felt like before this I lived in a black-and-white photo, but now I was living in full color. They helped me right then to speak in tongues, um, which was um, just an amazing experience and so helpful, because a lot of the times I didn't know how to pray, and I didn't know how to pray for people, but the gift of the speaking in tongues just was just such a blessing and a freedom.
0: You're all going wonderful. Isn't this great in Dina's life? (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm the deacon board chairman of a very conservative rural church (laughs) who had been (laughs) taught cessationism all my life. Hear me when I say, I'm not joking. I thought she was losing her mind. I really I thought she was having some kind of nervous breakdown, you know. Um, But increasingly, I started to see the Holy Spirit and the teaching in the Word in different ways. So here I am preaching in this little church and realizing, you know what, I actually, I'm going to lead this church in division if I keep sort of preaching what I'm now seeing in the Word of God. And so we realized that we couldn't stay in that place. Um, these things began to happen more and more in Dina's life. And to tell you the truth, I was kind of mad that she got it first, you know? <laughs> it's like... I'm so hungry for this thing and you're, you know, she's just given her in tongues and I'm, you know, and they prayed for me that same time. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Just bring it all. God was like nothing, you know, she won't shut up, you know? And so I kind of felt like, oh, I'm the head of the family. I'm the one with this theological education. You know, this, I was, I was just mad to tell you the truth, you know? Um, but again, we still felt, I still felt like in ministry that I was getting my teeth kicked in Um from the enemy, and um, had a vision one night of a dream. I don't know what it was, but uh, World War II battle lines with tanks and armament and and you know soldiers and guns all facing me alone on a battlefield. And I had a little pop gun. You know what that is? when you put the cork in the end and it goes <laughs> poof. You know, I just felt like, man, we are in deep weeds here because in the spiritual realm, it's just not working. There, there had to be more. There had to be more power. There had to be more. Something from God. Uh, And I was just tired of going through the motions. I was just sick of it. Um, So during that time, um, we we knew we couldn't stay in that church because it just wasn't fair because what God was doing in our life. And we ended up driving an hour and got involved in a vineyard church up in Edmonton um, and a vineyard small group, which was real different for us.
1: Going to that small group was a lifesaver for me, though. Um, It's where I saw the Off Limits gift being used naturally and normally. They explained the gifts that I had and helped me to see that they weren't weird or off-limits. One of the times a lady, one of the ladies just repeatedly said, deeper, 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 and that went on for about 10 minutes. And after I got over thinking it was strange and just relaxed and just entered into what was happening, I experienced going deeper for the first time. And also, that was when it was the first time I was able to see that when you prayed for somebody, God really took the burden away um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that there was freedom in letting God take over.
0: So I'm warming to this idea, but let me tell you the kind of stuff that was going on. We'd be driving down the freeway back from a vineyard small group, and Dina would say, do you see that car that just went by us? Do you see that hideous creature on top of the car? I'm like, uh, no, I see a 68, you know, <laughs> Chevelle, you know. <laughs> and she would started to see demons, and she started to see angels. Again, I was like, we got to get some help for this woman, you know, because she's going crazy. And, um, but an amazing thing happened. The, I remember the first time we went to a, that vineyard worship service, we came early, and we walked in the door, and the band was just tuning up. They weren't even doing anything, and I just started to weep. Here it goes again. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. I realized how it was the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that was an amazing uh, time for us, and just soaking in God and, and seeing that there is more. During that time, we had a big hassle with a house we had bought. We bought an old farmhouse. It was 100 years old. and There was a lot of bad history we didn't know about in the house and started to really get hassled with some demonic forces. I won't tell you the whole story, but the Holy Spirit showed me as a dad that we have power, that there is power in God. For the first time, I just realized... We're not alone in this. You were supposed to be the one crying, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought, what do we do now? Okay, if we're going to do this Holy Spirit thing, we're going to go find the most full-on, smoking, choking, chandelier swinging Pentecostal church you know <laughs> that we can find in the whole area, you know. And so, you know, we went. We just picked this church out at random, like you know. And we just thought this in tr- this wasn't some you know light beer you know kind of a charismatic thing trust me this is full-on Pentecostalism we thought we're gonna do this right we're gonna do it right the first Sunday we got there the girls were with us with three daughters and somebody stood up and started to prophesy and the girls were like what's that I'm like I think that's prophecy I think you know okay and later on the service somebody gets up and starts rattling off in tongues you know and and like the girls are like what's that dad I'm like I think that's public speaking of tongues. I I I think you know. Later in the service, like somebody starts to moan and kind of bark, you know, and and the girls are like, "What's that, Dad?" I said, "I have no idea. Ask your mom." (laughs) So, so here we are in the in this full-on Pentecostal church now. Good little conservative.
1: (laughs) What happens in the Holy Spirit is messy. Um, and things do get out of control. And um, um, there was lots of great things that happened at that church, um, um, but it was also a place where there were some bad things um, that I ran across that um, that, um, I felt like the enemy sometimes uses religious people to mess up, uh, people to mistakenly try to think that they're fixing stuff and um the holy spirit was really moving um in genuine real ways um during that time and the um, some of the dear people who you know thought the church belonged to them and the, it was their kingdom um couldn't handle the the real holy spirit things that were oh. happening and um they tried to ch- make some changes um one of the t- times um, we were at some kind of conference, like we would search out different things, and sometimes they were good, and sometimes they 're not so good um, and one of, the, one of the times we went to uh, this conference and um, they asked for people who would want more of the Holy Spirit, and I was like, "Well, yes, please and I would come I came up front and stood in line, like you know how you we do here sometimes." But I had never really been in line, and I didn't know what to do. And so I was, you know, trying to do what other people were doing. But I would, you know, kind of look once in a while and see, you know, what was happening. And so when they got to me, they said that I was faking wanting the Holy Spirit because I was just looking around because I didn't know. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. And so that took me back a little bit because I was like, well, what's that about? You know, I... You know, I'm just wanting the Holy Spirit, but so there's you know it's not there's not always you know there's a few things that sometimes go bad um another time we were prayed for, and the person was praying for me, and you know how sometimes people will put their hands in they put pre- <laughs> serious pre- <laughs> serious pressure on my head to make it seem like I should fall back when I wasn't in that I wasn't in that space to you know sometimes you don't even have to touch people and they just fall but this wasn't one of those times and <laughs> and I also felt peer pressure to make up. Sometimes, you know, people say, well, what's the Holy Spirit doing? What's the Holy Spirit doing? Sometimes, well, he wasn't doing things, and so I felt peer pressure to make something up, just, you know, to fit in, you know, which isn't, you know, what we're supposed to do, but I didn't know. Um, But the best thing during that time was that I was healed from depression. Yeah, that was huge, because... uh, I was... I was told that I'd be on medication my whole life, and um, I was, you know, I had faith to believe that I could be healed, and the people praying for me had faith, and that was just the amazing part of being during that time.
0: So here we are in the full-on Pentecostal church. I can't stay hidden. They start wanting me to lead small groups and become the youth pastor, and pretty soon I'm on staff full-time at a Pentecostal church, and I don't speak in tongues. Now, this was like the best kept secret in the tongue, in the church, okay, that one of our pastors doesn't speak in tongues, but a couple old ladies, bless their heart, found out about that. <laughs> Every Sunday, they would be up like on me, like, oh, sure, Lord, Lord, sure, talk God. Every Sunday, you know, trying to get me to, you know, get with the program, man, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, here we are in the conservative churches not fitting in because the Holy Spirit and we're in the... The Holy Spirit Church is not fitting, you know, what's the deal? Um, but one of the things that was hard for me was, I kind of felt like, and hear my heart in this, that the Word of God was a little bit sort of minimized in that environment. It was like, it's all about the Holy Spirit. Don't worry too much about the Word of God, because that can kind of get in your way and mess your mind up. And, and yet my background in love for the Word, I knew that wasn't right. So I kind of felt like there was this zero-sum game you know, the conservative churches said, well, we'll have 90% Word and 10% Holy Spirit, but don't let that get out of balance. And the full-on guys were like, no, we're 90% Holy Spirit. Don't mess with the Word too much. Don't worry about it. It'll work out. So I just felt like, is it really a zero-sum game? Is it every time you get more of the Holy Spirit, do you get less of the Word of God or vice versa? And it was a difficult time for me. Um, a couple of verses really bothered me. Ephesians 6.18, the first part says, praying in all times in the Spirit... With prayer and supplication that bugged me uh, what do you need to say in the spirit when I just say praying Jude 20 but you beloved building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit because I had been resisting this tongues thing I mean I came kicking and screaming into tongues understand there's you know claw marks on the rug that's me in this whole thing with tongues But I came to a place where I was so desperate for more of God and I saw what God was doing in Dina's life and and the power and the healing and the peace that was taking, I just said, look, I'm so sick of resisting, I don't even really care about what I think. I'm just so desperate for more power. And I don't even really remember when I first started speaking in tongues. Um, Every time I would try, it sounded so dumb to my ear. I'd go, that's lame. That can't be it. You know? (laughs) Um, you know, I was taught to be a wordsmith. I was taught to preach. I loved the, the language, and I loved the rhythm of the language. And to have to, t- to turn that off seemed wrong to me. You're just going to blather on in some thing, you know? And, um, so it took me a long time. I think I probably had the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit way longer than, than I knew uh, because this thing with the weeping would keep showing up, and it really bothered me. I grew up in a family that we never cried. I mean, my dad was a fighter pilot. And so every time the Holy Spirit would show up, I would just start to weep. It's like, seriously, God? (laughs) Is this like punishment or something for me, you know? Um, But that was a a physical manifestation, which the Bible talks about. There's lots of them. But I just remember being so desperate that I kind of did what I said I would never tell anyone to do. Fake it till you make it, you know? I I mean, I don't want to seem crass, but it was like, I can't stand a powerless life anymore. Now, one second. And I just started to pray in tongues. It sounded like an idiot. Every time I would do it, it was like, this is ridiculous. But it would grow. And pretty soon, something would rise up and, and, and would begin to, I'd be driving down the road. And I was like, where did that come from? You know? Well, it was the Holy Spirit in, you know, in my ministry and in my life. And, uh, so some twists and turns, for sure. And then we ended up at Oceanside here. Um, that's an understatement. <laughs>
1: When we first came to Oceanside, we were very hurt and weary and burned out by our previous church experience.
0: Yeah, we planted a church. Sorry, between that and here, so yeah, there was a few things that happened. But
1: <laughs> Mike and Debs were wonderful, and they just—we just—you just need to know that, you know, being here. As part of this church and having Mike and Deb, you are so blessed. And we have been through so much ugliness, and to come here and be just blessed by them, um, and they just loved us. Um, we were told just to rest, just to soak up God's love and the love of the community of, of, of Oceanside. We didn't, we weren't expected to do anything. We weren't expected to be, you know, at all involved, and that was just. Such a relief just to come and just to be here and just to sit in the service. And, you know, a lot of times we did spend a lot of times just crying. And um, I learned about being real with others around me here. I really learned that I was good enough just as me and how much God loved me, no matter what I did or didn't do for him. I began to understand what worship was about and experienced amazing times with the Holy Spirit and I could really feel his anointing here. I had visions of heaven and could hear angels during worship times. Sensing the Holy Spirit Spirit here at this in this gym, even before like just getting out of the car sometimes and um, the Holy Spirit falling just at one strum, strum of the guitar. I just you know, just could feel just the wish of the Holy Spirit just falling in this place.
0: Yeah, God has done so many amazing things in our heart just in terms of a normalization of the Holy Spirit here. Um, this is the, sort of the first place I realized this distinction between a public speaking of tongues and private tongues, and that opened up such a great understanding for me and a freedom uh, here. I think one of the things we just understood was just good modeling of the Holy Spirit here at Oceanside. It was just normal to depend on the Holy Spirit. Um, we didn't need to, put a, need to put a show on or hype anybody up. It was just regular daily life first Corinthians 2 4 talks about a demonstration of the Spirit's power that we that just consistently week after week we saw the Holy Spirit doing things and that was really good for us uh, a normalization of ministry in the Holy Spirit a normalization of depending on the Holy Spirit every day every week um, and for the first time we felt like we were home because we felt like this place which is certainly not perfect especially since we joined but you know um, this place was a church where they said we believe hundred percent in the Word of God and hundred percent in the Holy Spirit it's the first place I ever ran into that was wasn't a zero-sum game it was like no you don't trade off the Word of God when you start to get in touch with the Holy Spirit it's both matter of fact the more you are in touch with the Word of God the more you understand and experience the Holy Spirit and vice versa <laughs> the more you walk with the Holy Spirit the greater your understanding of the word is and, that was a big breakthrough for us. We finally felt like after all these years of kind of being in the wrong place, we were like, okay, now here's a place where both of these things, our heritage, our conservative heritage in in valuing and studying the Word of God, um, and yet our experience of the reality of the, the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit had kind of come together.
1: So in conclusion... The, just the misuse of the Holy Spirit. Um, I've been on the receiving end of the misuse of the Holy Spirit, and I've misused the gifts myself out of just not knowing any better. But do we throw the whole thing out? Do we, you know, do we not have the Holy Spirit because it's uncomfortable or scary or um, not something we're used to or thinking it's okay? Jesus kept drawing me through all these different places in our journey, he didn't give up on me or stop trying to help me have hope and see my need for him and the Holy Spirit. Religion has a lot to do with appearances. And for a long time, I didn't even like Christians. And I tried to stay away from anybody who looked a little too together. But that's really the enemy's strategy. We need each other. We, need, we don't need to look together and, cl- and closed off. It just makes us ineffective and unrelatable and dishonest about how we really are. We need each other. We need to be honest, and we need to be honest with God. The relationship with the Holy Spirit has to do with your heart. It's about being real and messed up and knowing God's love and forgiveness. And I hope you can find freedom today like we did. I hope that you can come um, even I don't know where you are with the Holy Spirit, if this is something you've always had or have never had. I hope that today that there's a chance for you to have freedom in this.
0: Yeah, so it's been a long journey for me, maybe 20 or 30 years of fighting, but I realize now you know, I'm no longer suspicious or afraid of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I'm no longer um, worried about what he's going to do when he shows up because I trust him, because I see him fully as God trust Him in the same way that I trust Jesus and I trust the Father because I see the Holy Spirit is in reality, not just the theology of the Trinity, but I see the goodness of the Holy Spirit and the way the three operate together. And I'm excited to be growing in my ability to hear and to follow His leading in my life. The story is not done for us, for sure. There's more in God. There's more in the Holy Spirit. But I just can't tell you what an amazing joy and what a assurance comes to know that we do have power available to us God has not left us alone to make things up Um, one of the scriptures that's been really wonderful in the last couple of years for me is um, in Luke 11 and I'll just read a little of the context it's real well known but um, Jesus says I tell you ask and it will be given to you seek and you'll find knock and it'll be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be open What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? This is verse 13. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? We now know without any reservation that the Holy Spirit is a good gift. And God is a good gift giver. We just want to give a little bit of time for the Holy Spirit to work, invite the worship team to come up, and uh, just going to spend some time, and I'm not sure where you are in your journey. Again, our journey is not special, it's just a journey. Um, But as I've been praying and thinking about this morning, I just felt God was bringing back to my mind those years of desperation for me. That I would do anything for the power of God because I was so sick of living a powerless life. And it just felt like God was saying, there might be some people here this morning that are in that desperate place. <laughs> you know? Um, desperation is not always a bad thing. Uh, God can use it and, and break open amazing new vistas and new doors and new places for us. Um, so I just wanted to start this morning and and pray for the desperate Um, please don't stand up because you feel like you have to it's okay to be spiritual and not desperate (laughs) but I think there are some people that are desperate this morning so if you're really desperate when a guy asks you to stand up and nobody else is standing you'd be willing to do that so go ahead and do it I'm gonna pray for you this morning anybody just desperate for more of the Holy Spirit stand up to be embarrassed about be honest (laughs) Yeah, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm just going to pray for you guys and then we're going to worship a little bit and see where the Lord goes from there. But Lord, I thank you for these people that are desperate. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And Lord, I pray you show yourself to them as the one who comes alongside, as the empowerer, as the comforter, as the guide. Pour yourself out on these people, Lord. You hear their hearts cry. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come in power even now with them. Reveal yourself to them. God, we're all hungry for more of you. You're not done with us yet. And Holy Spirit, we invite you in this moment now to come. Thank you, Holy Spirit.